Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Well, welcome to Living Water. It's good to have you here. Uh, turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, and we made it to verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4, and we made it to verse 14. There we go. <laughs> All right. God bless you. Thank you, guys. Hey, aren't our worship team doing a great job out here? Yay, we love those guys. Thank you guys so much. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Here Paul is really in what we're going to cover today, and that's just Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. He's literally telling the church at Ephesus, hey guys, grow up. Stop paying attention to all the weird doctrines and teachings that are infiltrating the church. And here as Paul is a sailor who sailed to many places, uh, and he's been lost at sea for several days and almost drowned. He knows what it is to be carried about by the waves and the current and the wind of doctrine rather than being able to sail his boat into the wind. And so what he's saying here is grow up, church, and stop listening to all the weird doctrines. Everything you hear, everything that preachers teach from their pulpits, across this globe, we need to be good Bereans and see if that's exactly what the Word of God says. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ. In our text this morning, we glean three things that we really need to do to contend for the faith in these last days. The first one is grow up. Stop being children in your thinking. Number two is be anchored in truth. Don't let every wind and wave of doctrine and all the teachings that false teachers and false prophets. And folks, I got to tell you, a lot of conspiracy theorists are teaching false truths. We need to examine all truth claims, not just dogma and doctrine, but even those that are out there uh, regarding uh, politics and the current state of our nation. We need to be anchored in truth because false teachers and false prophets are going to arise, the Bible says, in the last days to deceive many. And we know that there's going to be a great apostasy of falling away from truth in these last days. So number one, grow up, be mature, stop being children in your thinking, Number two, be anchored on Jesus Christ and the truth of his word because apostasy is coming. And number three, speak the truth. Correct those that are wrong, but how do we do it? In love. In love. We need to be all about these three things in these crazy times. Uh, someone walked by and thought we were setting up an autonomous zone here. Uh, <laughs> We were, 
Yeah, Rancho Santa Margarita Autonomous Zone. So uh, we were going to call it SMAS, but uh, no one really liked it, so we decided not to do it this morning. But we live in crazy times, no doubt, right? And in the midst of this, we need to be grounded in truth. We need to contend for the faith. We need to grow up, and we need to fight the good fight. Number one, we need to grow up. How many of you have ever had anyone tell you, hey, just grow up? When's the last time someone told you that? For some of you, it was your parents. Uh, I don't know about you married folk, but for me, it was my wife several times. Come on, honey, grow up. <laughs> you know, that childlike faith, I act like a kid. Paul here is admonishing the church Listen, folks, it's time to grow up. It's time to leave childish things behind and press on towards the Lord. The church of Corinth had the same problem. You can turn there if you want. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of the flesh, as infants in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were not even able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? You see, Paul wanted everybody, all the saints, all the believers to grow up and become mature men and women in the faith. But even after years of teaching, Church of Corinth were still infants acting like mere men. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. You can write it down or turn there if you're fast. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, For though at this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have trained their senses to discern good and evil. Here Paul is really saying, as you mature and as you grow up in the Lord, you are going to be able to have discernment and recognize truth from falsehood. To recognize right doctrine from false doctrine. To be able to be mature uh, in the Lord. Part of growing up is the ability to discern between right and wrong. I remember when our son first learned how to walk, and he began to run all over the house. Well, we couldn't leave him alone for one minute because he hadn't learned how to make right choices, to discern right from wrong. But as he grew older, all of a sudden we could let him walk to school by himself because he had discernment. He began to learn how to really figure out right choices. Even us, as we mature in our walk with Jesus Christ, the Bible says we instinctively begin to please God. Amen? Instead of having to strive for the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace of God always inevitably is 
a reflection of who we are in Christ. In Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 24, it says, Therefore the law has become our tutor or babysitter to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a babysitter or tutor, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Mature Christians begin to inevitably live a life that's pleasing to God without even trying. Have you noticed that? The more you grow in the Lord, the closer you walk with Christ, the more the fruit of His Holy Spirit is evident in your life. Mature Christians love and have truth and guard the truth, and they begin to have discernment. Flip over, if you would, to Philippians chapter 1, starting at verse 9. And we read this, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent, in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ or rapture of the church. Philippians chapter 1, that's verses 9 through 11. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. As we begin to mature in the Lord and grow up, I believe love becomes a marker of who we are. Everybody around us begins to sense the love of Christ. They sense the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Those nine fruit in the Holy Spirit are in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You see, as you mature in Christ, you're no longer under the law, but you instinctively begin to obey the law. It's kind of like the older and more mature I get in life, I instinctively don't do the crazy things I did as a high school student, and I begin to obey the law and actually appreciate the law. You know, hey, I now like to go to bed early, so I don't mind a curfew. <laughs> All of things like that. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, if you're mature in the Lord, this is who you're going to be. If it, You can tell it's kind of a litmus test. If you are grown in the Lord, if you've reached a mature place, you're going to be this man or woman or young person. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. You're going to rejoice always. You do not rejoice in your circumstances. You rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. You rejoice that he's with you through the circumstance. He's strengthening you. He's giving you the fruit of the Spirit. He's going to hold you and carry you through whatever trial you face. Rejoice always. That's a mature believer. You can tell an immature believer because one little thing goes wrong in their life and what they immediately do. God, how could you let this happen to me? And they raise their finger at God and say, what are you doing to me? And they lose their peace. They lose their joy. They cannot rejoice always. A mature believer, regardless of their circumstance, will give glory to God and rejoice that God is going to sustain them, give uh, 
strength to them and help them through the trial. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You know you're a mature brother or sister in Christ because you're a man or woman of prayer. Prayer marks your life. When things go wrong, you immediately run to the Lord for help. You become a man or woman or young person of prayer. Verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 5, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hey, the circumstance might not be God's will, but it is God's will that you give Him thanks or praise Him in the midst of the circumstance. Does that make sense? So you're praising God, rejoicing always. That is God's will for you so that the joy of the Lord will be your strength, not the circumstances around you. Verse 19, do not quench the Holy Spirit. I got to tell you, folks, Romans 8 says, those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And if the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to call somebody, to pray for someone, to witness to somebody, to hand out a tract to someone, to go to your neighbor and reconcile with them. If the Holy Spirit puts that on your heart, don't quench the Holy Spirit. A mature man or woman who has grown up in Jesus Christ is going to be led by the Spirit of God and begin to go out and be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You're going to forgive, you're going to love, you're going to go out and witness and be led by the Spirit, and you will not quench the Spirit of God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do something I don't want to do. And I got to tell you, as a mature believer, we have to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit and do what He put on his heart, our heart to do. Verse 20. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Hey, I tell you, when the Word of God comes in your face and says what you're doing is wrong, you need to obey the Word of God. When a Christian brother comes up to you or sister and corrects you in love and gives you a word from the Lord, you can't despise it. You need to obey the Word of God. Don't despise prophetic utterances. Verse 21, here's discernment. But examine everything everything in your life carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Folks, here is a mature believer that has discernment. We examine everything in our life. We examine this TV show that we watch. Is this good? Is this beneficial? Is this pleasing? Is it good and can I watch it? Or is it a form of evil that I need to not watch? Hey, is having this friendship with this person good? Is it edifying to the Lord? Is it going to build them up and build me up and build the body of Christ? Or is it tearing me away from my relationship with God? Is it a form of evil? See, even good things that take you away from your relationship with God ultimately can be evil. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God's will and God's purpose for your life. And you need to say, is this taking me away from God or is it growing me in my relationship to God? Abstain from every form or appearance of evil. A mature believer, man or woman, will do this. Verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians 5. 
Now, may the God of peace, I love that. Folks, if you're getting your peace anywhere else but from God, you will be frustrated, you will be anxious and worried. Uh, all the stuff happening in our world today, you're going to be wondering, what am I going to do, and fearful, and all of that. Our peace needs to come from God, not from circumstances, not from relationships, not from the political climate, not from the racial tensions, not from anything that's going on in this world. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. That's wash you and set you aside for his exclusive use. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, I want to be mature in the Lord. I want at the rapture the Lord Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the small things. Come, enter the, the inheritance of the Lord. Enter the gift and the uh, glory of God that he's given to you. Verse 24 of 1 Thessalonians 5, and I love this. Hey, even though you don't feel mature and strong in the Lord, you're saying, Pastor, wow, I'm failing in every one of those points. I want you to know you run to the Lord. You pray and ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and to work in your life because verse 24 says, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. You see, the Holy Spirit is going to mature you and grow you. Gosh, when you fail, don't give up. Just run back to your Abba Father, your Daddy in heaven. Let's say, Lord, I blew it again. He'll say, come here, son. Come here, daughter. I love you. It's okay. Even if you fail several times a day and you feel so far from being a mature believer, I can assure you God loves you. He is going to perfect and complete the work that he started in you. Amen? Our text from last week talks about this as well. Ephesians, back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, Until we attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man or woman, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 says, Hey, you want to see if you're a mature man or woman? How Christ-like are you? Remember we used to ask, what would Jesus do? It's really saying, Lord, if you were here, what would you do? How would you respond? And am I responding in a Christ-like way? Because the more we mature in the Lord and grow up, the more we become like Christ. We become his hands and feet extended to a lost and hurting world. So back to our text for today, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. It says, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So number two, number one, we said grow up, stop being children. How do we do that? 
we have discernment. We begin to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We begin to naturally obey the law that God has placed in our heart. Number two, we need to be anchored in truth because we know that false teachers and false doctrine and apostasy in these last days are going to sweep the church. And number three, we have to speak the truth in love to those that need to hear it. We need to be anchored in truth because we know that in these end times, the Bible says many are going to fall away from the faith. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says, Realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. Yeah, someone said, I believe, this week there was a mime, you know, the, the time machine that they did on Back to the Future, the DeLorean. And uh, they had the old guy tell the young guy, hey, set it for any year but 2020. You don't, you don't want to go to 2020 because, gosh, I don't know about you. The, it, it reminds me of this verse, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, get this, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, though they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. We see this happening before our eyes. It's amazing what's going uh, around the world uh, in the name of uh, racial relations, uh, these riots and burning and people being evil to one another. Folks, we need to love everybody, amen? We talked about that last week. Love needs to be who we are, and we need to not get caught up in all the political upheaval, all the tensions. We love our brothers and sisters regardless of skin color, regardless of position or where they live or how much money they make. We love everyone the same. What two groups are hated by the world system more than anyone else right now today? Think about it. Christians who hold to biblical ethics and teaching and attempt to correct and guide people in truth, who uphold God's laws and precepts, right? So if you're a believer that's holding to the Judeo-Christian ethics of the Word of God and hold, upholding the law of God and holding others accountable to the law of God, guess what? The world hates you this morning. Have you seen it? What other group of people do the world hate this morning? police officers trying to uphold man's law. So we have two groups upholding law. Police officers upholding the law of man, Christians upholding the law of God, and who does the world hate more than anyone else right now this morning? It's those two groups of people. Do you think there's something spiritual going on? 
Folks, I got to tell you, the enemy is lawlessness. The Bible says in the last days, lawlessness will increase. And folks, the world, society, secular humanistic society hates those who uphold the law, whether it be man's law or God's law. People are becoming more lawless and unloving, and Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter 24, he prophesied this would happen. Matthew 24, starting at verse 10. In the last days, at that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and mislead many. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Yeah, Scott and I were looking at the autonomous zone, Chaz, in Seattle this morning. And now that you know they have a police, their own police force now. Oh, yeah, they're vigilante guys with guns. And they literally on the video said, we are the police of Chaz, and we will enforce our rules. And they've already beat up people that didn't obey their rules. You know, they have border checkpoints to get in at gunpoint. Interesting what they've done there. But the lawlessness has increased as exactly as Jesus predicted, and most people's love has grown cold. That's why we have abuses. Hey, there's bad people in every culture and in every probably police department. There's a few bad ones. But most of them are good trying to uphold the law. Amen? Hey, there's a few hypocritical Christians. They're bad. They have no business trying to uphold and teach the law of God. But most are good, and they represent as ambassadors God's kingdom. So the two groups today that we need to pray for are those that uphold the law, both our police officers and first responders and our Christians who are faithful to the word of God. Because Jesus said in the last days, lawlessness will increase and that's why the world hates you and hates police officers matthew 24 13 but christian the one who endures to the end he will be saved in the last days the bible said that men would call good bad and bad good do you remember that verse in isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 woe to those who call evil good and good evil who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men in drinking strong drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. That's the the people obeying the law in the right, and their rights are taken away for the lawless who are taking over six blocks of city streets and allowed to do so. What did we read in 2 Timothy? People will be boastful, arrogant, haters of good in the last days, calling good bad and bad good. We see it all around us. So Christians and cops are hated. Why will we be hated by all nations? Matthew 24, starting at verse 9, Jesus told us, Then they will deliver you to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations 
because of my name. You see, when you call yourself a Christian today, many people immediately say you're intolerant, you're hateful, you're the reason the world's uh, ugly and an ugly place, and you're just a hate monger because you're a Christian. Jesus said, you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. Then he went on to say, verse 10, at that time many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and false prophets will arise and mislead many. And because lawlessness will increase, most people's love will grow cold. Society really has changed. I don't know about you, but now I watch some news channels, and it seems like the agenda is to hate what is good and to defend what is wrong. Society has become defiled, and in fact, in Titus, the book of Titus, chapter 1, starting at verse 13, all the T books are together. Titus chapter 1, verse 13. This testimony is true. For this reason, reprove them severely so that they may be sound in faith, not paying attention to Jewish myths and the commandments of men who turn away from the truth. To the pure, I want you to get this, verse 15 of Titus chapter 1. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their mind and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny Him, being detestable and disobedient or lawless and worthless for any good deed. The idea here is to the pure, those that are seeking truth, that are upholding the law of God, those that are doing so are pure. All of those things are pure. But when you are defiled, those that are trying to be pleasing to God, they're defiled in your mind as well. Does that make sense? And that's why the world is calling good bad and bad good. That's why the world is hating those who uphold the law in these last days. Biblical truth does not change. In fact, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that's why in our text, Paul said, grow up. Stop believing every new wind and wave of doctrine. Get anchored in biblical truth. Have discernment. Be a mature man or woman or young person. Because in these days, many are going to fall away from biblical truth. It's called the apostasy. And we know that it has to happen before the rapture can occur. Matthew 24, 9, again, Jesus predicted, they will deliver you to tribulation and kill you and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and betray one another, and that is what's called the apostasy. When ye, the church, are hated by all nations in the last days, we know that Christ's coming is close, and the apostasy must occur before that coming uh, occurs. Where do we get that? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, 
that you be not quickly shaken from your composure or disturbed either by spirit or message or letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. And remember, the day of the Lord starts with the rapture. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, the falling away, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. You see, Satan has been trying to get the church to apostatize from truth from the very beginning. In fact, in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said, He is the father of lies, and all false doctrine comes from him. Jude chapter 1, verse 17, we're told, But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, In the last days, in the last times, there will be mockers following after their own lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. You see, these are Christians that apostatize from truth. Scott uh, knows of this movement uh, somewhat uh, aligned to the emergent church, but there are several churches now that say Jesus did not have to die on the cross, that God did not demand blood sacrifice. Folks, there is a radical false revival, this emergent uh, neo-Orthodox church that is rising up out of church movement, and it is apostate. It is heresy, and folks, it is gaining a lot of momentum. There are large churches in this area that have actually appropriated some of this teaching. It scares me to death that apostasy is beginning among us. Many churches today hold to a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. We just read about that in 2 Timothy. In fact, the Bible says, avoid such men as these. They seek to make religion relevant when all they're doing is making it exactly like the world system. You see, the Bible never tells us, try to make the truth of the gospel relevant to a changing culture, but take the, take the unchanging truth of the gospel and allow culture to see the truth in that. Many are rejecting many portions of the Bible. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even contradicting the Master, Jesus, who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow after their sensuality, and because of the way of the truth is maligned, because of them, we need to grow up and become contenders for the faith in these last days. In fact, Jude chapter 1 verse 3 said, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing to you that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all handed down to the saints. Folks, in the days ahead, we will see more compromise in the church. And God will be looking for that remnant bride of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, Paul wrote, Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, or grow up, be strong. Let all you do 
be done in love. I believe in the days ahead, persecution is coming to the church, the true church. Folks, don't be surprised on Facebook when all those people attack you because you post one little truth that's in the Word of God, that you're trying to uphold the law of God, and they attack you. And, I, I mean, it's horrible, all the attacks that are happening against believers so far. It seems they're filled with such hate and anger. In fact, one think tank commentator wrote this, the secular liberals are panicking because they have just witnessed the birth of a new Christianity, not the tired old Christian cliches they defeated back in the 1960s and 70s, but a new faith based on cultural identity and outright rejection of the liberal agenda. Folks, I believe there is a battle. Right-wing Christians are being called a lot of names today. Have you been called one? I have. <laughs> On Facebook and elsewhere. Uh, now, uh, globalists are beginning to cause evangelical Christians the insurgency. Have you heard this? Uh, have you heard of Jordan Hall? Okay, he said this about a year and a half ago. I want you to hear this. The insurgency, speaking of evangelical Christians, is broadly immune to the globalist propaganda. The insurgency elites seem unlikely to play ball with the globalist elites or to back down under threat. At this point, I see only two real moves available to the globalist. Remember, he wrote this a year and a half ago. Economic destabilization, hoping to turn the people, society, against the insurgency, evangelical Christians. Number two, some kind of social military destabilization, race war, culture war, etc. Jordan Hall two years ago predicted that. What do we have going on right now? An attack against evangelical Christianity. The apostasy happens when the whole world hates believers. I believe we're close. I believe we're getting to the point where society as a whole in the world is going to hate all true Christians. Folks, if they can want to dismantle the police departments because of a couple bad apples, most police officers are pretty good. Anyone who upholds the law of man or God will be hated in the days ahead because the world has to get to the point where it becomes a global community and they look for one leader to bring peace, this false messiah, the Antichrist. That is the globalist agenda. That is what they are trying to do. And folks, we're seeing events happen right now where it seems to be lining up restores my soul, satisfies my need. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve Him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week.
Satisfies my needs.